Now, I'm, I'm going to practice what I preach now. I'm going to try and... Today's uh, message um, is entitled, it's from Ecclesiastes. We're looking in the book of Ecclesiastes, if, uh, which we started a couple of weeks ago. And I've in, last time, if you remember, the, the title for the talk was, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Okay, I haven't got a Rolling Stones one for this one, but I'm calling this one In the Moment. Okay, and I'm, I'm conscious that we're running a bit later than normal, but I'm going to live in the moment now, okay? I'm, I, it's just going to live in the moment. Um, so we're going to look at chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. Um, I'll just recap some of the things I said last time. Just briefly, I, I would say that Ecclesiastes is a very easy book to read from the point of view that it doesn't take necessarily great faith. We're not having to sort of wrestle with the idea of how an axe head floats on water or how... Um, five loaves and a few fish can feed 5,000 people, those kind of things. When you read that, that takes faith to kind of process. Do you know what I mean? Whereas Ecclesiastes is just so brutally honest about the world we live in and the life we live within it, that actually doesn't take faith so much. I think it takes more courage than faith. Now, I think, you know, we read all these things with faith. But that, that's just uh, the kind of book it is, the book in the Bible. is almost unique in the Bible for being that honest. I mean, the Psalms are pretty honest, but this goes another level, I think. It's very real, very earthy, very honest, um, and that's the book of Ecclesiastes. So this, uh, we we're going to read a bit of chapter 3, which is probably one of the more famous, if not the famous bit of Ecclesiastes, because you may well have heard it uh, read at a funeral. <laughs> so there we go, there's a cheery introduction. But I'm going to read you from the beginning of chapter 3, which says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to tear down, and a time to build. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. So like I say, this is probably the most famous passage in Ecclesiastes, read at funerals. Usually we at funerals is the time when we stop and think, isn't it about life? Because someone has passed away and we are thinking, well, what does life 
mean? What did their life mean? What does our life mean? Uh, we tend to stop and think about that in those moments. Um, and so we read, um, and, and I tell you, because we're emotional at funerals, we tend to read a time to be born and a time to die, and we leave it there. <laughs> because um, that's the time we're in. In fact, that is the moment we're in, usually, in a funeral, isn't it? We're, we're reflecting on life and death in, in that stark contrast. But actually, um, we need to read on, because actually it's not just those times, then this is, applies to. There's also a time to plant, and a time to uproot, and a time to tear down, and a time to build, and all those different times. Um, and so this passage of Scripture just describes a richness and a fullness of the seasons of life, and, and how things move, and how things change, and there's a time for everything. It's a season for every activity under the heavens, it says. And um, it's about, for me, when I read this, it's about learning to live in the now, in the moment, in the season you're in. And so I want you to consider this morning, what season of life are you in at the moment? For some of us it may be a season of joy, for others it may be a season of sorrow. For some it may be a season of comfort, others it may be a season of pain. For some a season of closeness, others a few distance, strength or weakness, Maybe a season of youthful enthusiasm or aged wisdom. There are many different seasons in our lives. And actually, sometimes it's difficult just to say, I'm in this one thing, because there can be one part of our life is doing one thing and one other part of our life is doing something else. And so all these seasons intertwine, interact in, in, in our lives. And in some areas we may be dying, but in other areas we may be living. You know, And this is just how life is. But I don't know how, if you actually just stop and just ask yourself, what kind of season am I in? What season am I in at this moment? How do all the things in your life add up here and now? And are you living in that? Fully in that moment. Fully in the season you're in. Fully in the now. Because as you read this, you get this sense that where you are at, or the season you're in rather, is where God is with you in it. Because he makes everything beautiful in its time. I was with, um, I'm meeting, I met up with a guy called Rick, who's a pastor of a church called the International Community Church. They've just sort of started joining in with the South Honeymoon Church's get togethers. And um, his church meets in Chertsey, and also there's a, another church in Cobham. It's a collection of expats from all around the world, and they're sort of, they gather together in, in their church. So it's called the International Community Church. Um, and I'm going to be doing a pulpit swap with him at the end of April. Uh, so he's coming here and I'm going there. I always get the raw deal. We need to have more services because I always used to get two, I do two services and he get for the price of his one. So he's coming here and, um, great guy, really passionate, uh, follower of Christ. Love, uh, just getting to know him. So I met up with him just for a few, a few weeks ago, in fact last week, um, just to get together and just chat through how, how the pulpit swap works. And we got talking about all kinds of things. I, in fact, I'd just done a long bike ride, my first long, proper long bike ride of the year, and almost killed myself just because it was crap. Right, I like this. And so I kind of got there a bit exhausted and said, um, you know, feeling a bit tired. And he said, we got through the conversation, we talked a bit about it, and he said, how, how old do you feel? I'm 45, by the way. And uh, I said, mm, that's 28. <laughs> and he said, yeah, me too. I mean, he's a year older than me. And he said, um, yeah, I'm about 25 in my head. And um, 
Uh, now, I, we tend to think like this. Now, this makes no sense to you guys, because you're probably thinking, I wish I was 18, or I could, at least 17, I can drive a car, or that kind of thing. Or maybe you don't. Or maybe, well, I don't know, Josh and Dan, whether you're thinking, oh, yeah, I can't wait to get to university, or travel the world, or whatever, or whatever it is. But most of us here in the room, I'm guessing, kind of think, yeah, I'm still, like, mid-twenties, maybe, maybe 30, you know, that kind of thing. You know, we, or we tend to think like that, at least... Well, especially when we come to lift something, and um, then we realise our back doesn't <laughs> doesn't feel twenty five, um, and I think it's okay to feel younger than you actually are, as long as we're not living in the past, because God is here with us now, whether we're twenty five, fifteen, five, forty five, ninety five, and I think what this is saying is there's a time for the time you're in. So don't be hankering after the, the past, and don't be hankering for the future, but enjoy this moment, this season. What is happening here right now? In fact, what is happening here right now? Yes, you're in church. Yes, you're listening to me talk about Ecclesiastes 3, but have you noticed that God has been doing things here today? You know, there's just, he's doing things. It's more than just being here, but God is at work amongst us. Um, I didn't know all of that stuff was going to happen, that Cherry was going to uh, bring that. Um, you know, and sometimes our mind can be slightly elsewhere, but actually, what is happening here? Are you thinking about lunch and what you're doing this afternoon? I'll be honest with you, and Cherry starts talking, and I'm thinking, this wasn't planned to go on this long, and we're going to see Liam and Abby for lunch later. I'm thinking, are we going to make it? I told them I'll be there at one o'clock, so we need to scoot off this. But you know, but now my mind is, and now you're already thinking, well, <laughs> push on. No, here in this moment, what is happening right now? Maybe we're thinking about the week ahead. Maybe we have got decisions we need to make or uh, uh, no, we've got a stressful week ahead or an easy week ahead and maybe our mind is wandering off there because we're thinking, great, I've got all this time on my hands. See me afterwards if that's you. Interesting. Um, and of course, the things behind us, the things ahead of us, they do influence us. They will distract us. But in the moment, what is God doing here and now? Because that's where we are. We're always here, but are we here? Yeah, um, this is what the Father is doing here. What is He doing here? What's the Holy Spirit doing in this moment now? Even more than just the words I'm speaking, more than just the the, the being together, but there is uh, something that God wants to do here and now. There's a time for everything. There's a season for every activity. I don't know about you, but I, I, you've maybe maybe you had this experience. You know, you're talking with somebody. This happens to me all the time. You're going to think now we need a new pastor, I think. So somebody phones, and um, I put the phone down, and Louise can tell it's a conversation that maybe I need to talk about. So she'll say, so what did so-and-so say? And I'll go, I've actually no idea. You know, because you're, talk you're talking, and you're I'm hearing all the words, hearing all the words, but my mind is on something else, and so I can't remember what they said. Usually, if I'm honest, I don't know how this works for me, two days later I can tell you exactly what they said. There's some kind of processing that's going on there, I think. Um, so if you need an answer from me, ask two days in advance. Um, but how many times have you been in a conversation? And because you're thinking about something else, you're not actually present with that conversation. You're, is anyone, or is it just me? Oh, okay. Oh, no, it isn't just me, right? Yeah. Oh, even happens to young ones too, right? Interesting. Good, good, good. You know? Or I have... This doesn't apply to young ones because you, you can't drive yet, but I've driven um, 
and you're driving and you get to the destination and you think, I can't remember anything of that journey. I, can't, I mean, I was just on automatic pilot. I, you know, I don't remember any of the junctions. I could have had an, almost had an accident or there could have been an accident right behind me. I can't remember a, any of it. Anyone ever that? Yeah? Because we're somewhere else sometimes, you know? We're there in body, but that's about all, you know? The, the, the molecules are there, but that's about it. <laughs> the, um, and I get very distracted. Um, I have, you know, things in our peripheral vision. I've, I've learned this actually um, when I'm on stage, if I'm performing. If Keith's doing what he's doing now with his neck and I've got the music stand here, um, I'm going like, What's he and then I lose my place in the music because somebody in the front row is, you know, unwrapping a suite or something, you know, it's kind of, what, oh, oh, <laughs> quite fancy one of those, you know, no, stay focused. I'm terrible in restaurants as well, if, you know, you go out for dinner, you know, and you, you have fun with your friends or something, and there's music on the background, I'm thinking, hey, I've not heard that version of that tune, and then this conversation's going on? No, I'm, I'm with, you know, I'm with the music, you know, that jazz, I wonder who's playing bass on this one, you know, it's kind of... And you can have a conversation with me. I'm here, but I'm not here. Anybody else like that? Okay, good. I'm not alone. I'm learning at the grand old age of 45 to, to try as much as possible to live in the present. Now, actually, sometimes the music is the present. And sometimes, actually, the peripheral things in my vision are the present. But actually, it's learning to be with what's going on here and now. Learning to live in the moment. God, and learn to live with God in this moment, and understanding that even if it's a, you know, even if Keith's asking me, should he go and buy some more toilet roll for the toilets here, and it's just like, for me, it's like, this is not the most interesting conversation I've had today, and probably not even for him either, but, but even in this moment, sorry, I'm picking on you, Keith, because in the front row, and Charmaine's already had her go, um, and, um, you, you know, you're to come, uh, Peter, <laughs> um, you know, God is in this because we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him. And we tend to we use that when something's gone wrong most times, don't we? It's like, oh goodness, right, this has gone wrong. But in all things God works. Yes, he does, but also in all the mundane things, in all the everyday things, in all the every second, every conversation, every word, every interaction things, God works in how many things? All things. So he's like at work right now. <coughs> Whether you like it or not, this is where God is, right in this moment. So it does mean sometimes, I'm saying this in front of my daughter and she can hold me to account on this, it does mean turning off the music or the TV when my daughter wants to talk to me about something and stopping and listening. Right? Yeah? You can hold me to account on that. I'll do the same to you. Yeah? It does mean enjoying the scenery on the journey and the company on the journey and not just getting stressed because the M25's closed and you're stuck. You know, we live in a beautiful part of the world. Not all of it's beautiful on the motorway, but sometimes we get stuck in the motorway and we're so worried about where we've got to go. We're not realising that, look at the blue sky. Look at the opportunity. There was an accident on the motorway the other day. I was taking Abby and Ella somewhere. And there were people just out, their cars chatting. And I think, well, here we are. We're living in the moment, you know. Let's just take this opportunity. And I think Keith, you prayed for, for Graham that, that, that after his operation he'd have somebody to talk to in the, in the bed next to him. Well, there's an opportunity, you know, there's a moment. 
You know, we all, no one wants to be stuck in hospital for any longer than we need to be, you know, and I'm sure as soon as you're done, you want to be out. But there will be a time of waiting and there will be a time of moment and God is working in that moment, even if it's just for a few hours, and there will be somebody with you. So, enjoying that moment. Waiting rooms are actually just interesting places, aren't they? You know, when we wait, you know, for appointments, uh, I don't know, we spent an awful lot of time in waiting rooms, haven't we, the year? But actually, in the waiting room is you're often with people who are also waiting. And believe it or not, God is working through all things, even that. And sometimes you meet people, oh, you've got the same thing as me. Oh, right. Oh, I remember my father-in-law when he had prostate cancer. He spent, he used to almost enjoy going for the, the checkups, you know, because you meet other guys with prostate cancer and you can actually say, oh, swap stories. And, oh, <laughs> and you end up laughing about these things where otherwise you would not laugh about them because all of a sudden, Oh, that happens to you as well. Ha, ha, ha. We find, yeah, we've, well, okay, we've got another, yeah, we, we find comfort uh, with one another as we, you know, so God is working in all of these things, but if, if we live in the moment, if we just go into that and think, right, just get out of here as quick as possible, we're missing the moment. Living well in every season of life. I think Jesus is, obviously, the great um, example of living in the moment. I mean, he's got experience, right? Because he's like eternal. So he's had a lot of time to learn how to live in the moment. And in fact, when you are God and there is no boundaries of time and space, then actually you're always in the moment. Um, I'm reading this, reading this um, some stuff by this guy, theologian called Richard Raw. He talks about. Christ, as in Jesus that we know, flesh and blood, here incarnate, but he also talks about the cosmic Christ, and what he means by that, I think, is this, the Jesus before Jesus was a baby. You know, like the Jesus that's always been Jesus, the, the son that's always been the son, and how he's always had the relationship with the Father, and he's always been there, completely present in the now, eternally. I mean, it's, get your head around that. God has always been here, in this moment, and this time, and he was always here last week, and he was always here next week, and he's always here. This is Jesus. So he's, he's kind of um, well-practiced in, in being here in the moment. But actually, when Jesus is confined to a body in time and space, when he comes to this earth for those 30-odd years that he lived here, he still seems to better, despite the restrictions of being a human, to fully grasp how it is to live in the moment. And knowing the big picture that there are times and seasons in his life. And so he says a number of times, he says in John a number of times, my hour has not yet come. It's not time for me. He says that to, to, um, to Mary when the, the, the wedding in Cana, when like Mary's going, go on, go on, do your stuff, do your stuff. He's like, no, no, my time has not yet come. And later on he says, I'm not going up to the feast. Because my time has not yet come in, in chapter 7 of John. And then in chapter 12, he then says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And the season changes, and he knows the season's changed, and now he's going to live in that season. He's not going to push against it. He knew when he was a child, that was a season. He knew that he had his sort of preaching and teaching and ministry around the place. He knew that that was a season. And then he knew there was a season, and this must have been the toughest thing to accept and we see his prayers, that now is the time to go to the cross. Now is the time of the season of suffering, unlike any other. And now, after that, is the time for resurrection. 
He knew how to live in the different seasons. The time He might have rewritten this. A time for miracles. A time for just being there. A time for teaching. A time for healing. A time for sacrifice. A time for separation. A time for absence. A time for resurrection. A time for the Holy Spirit. I mean, he knew that the Holy Spirit would come, but not until he had gone. He knew there was a season in that. And he lived in the moment, in the big picture. And I just want you to just take a second now, just as we're take a pause. I want you to ask, come Holy Spirit, and ask Holy Spirit, what is the season of life you're in now? You just, let's just do that. Let's just take a moment. Just, just a simple prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to come, and if you don't already know, Because the seasons change, you know, because don't presume you're just presuming the same season for the last 40 years that there actually may not be a new season in your life right now. So Jesus knew these bigger pictures. He knew that, you know, when it was his time and when it wasn't his time. He knew when to, to, to go to the cross and when not to go to the cross. He knew when to go to Jerusalem when not to go to Jerusalem. He had these big pictures. But then even on the daily, minute by minute stuff, you know, there's that, the story of, in Mark 5 where Jarius you know, he gets the call to go to Jairus' daughter, who's on the road. I've always been fascinated by this. This is urgent stuff. A daughter, a girl is dying. And so, okay, you know, blue lights, usually, right? <laughs> the, the time is time is of the essence, but the blue light's on the Jesus fan, and let's get going. And, and off we go to deal with this urgently. And so we're going along, and then somebody touches him, and you think, well, that's, you know, busy London traffic. Sometimes you get a nudge on the ambulance, so we, you just keep going. This is an emergency. But no, what does Jesus do? He knows that in that moment, there is a moment thing happening, and I've got to live in this moment because a woman has touched me. And even though there is something important that's going on in the distance, I need to stop here and now and minister to this woman. Because actually, if I'm right, thinking if I recall right, she actually got healed by touching the gum. So he could have just moved on. Couldn't he? He could like, nice one, I've got to go. <laughs> How many times are we like this? You know, that's been good, but I've got to go now, I've got to dash. I'm terrible like this, moving from one thing to the other. But he stopped in that moment, and he knew that God was doing, the Father was doing something in that moment. I'm going to just wait here. I don't know how long that took, but I can imagine everybody else is going, um, the engine's still running, <laughs> kind of waiting, needs to get going. But actually, you know in that story, both the girl who... Was, uh, who died, was 12 years old, and the woman had been bleeding for 12 years. Because Jesus stopped in that moment, and also then did go to Jairus in that, uh, Jairus thought in that moment, momentous things happened in their lives. Because they lived in. Here's a moment, somebody's phone's ringing. Everyone's going. Huh? Okay. Let's just chuck that in the back street, shall we? Um, well done, Louise. She has to get a word in her dress. Same with Zacchaeus. Jesus walking along. Zacchaeus is up the tree. And, um, no, Zacchaeus, I need to come to your house today. I know that this is a moment I've got to live in. Not now, he's on his way somewhere. But Zacchaeus, this is a moment but something's going to happen with Zacchaeus. I've got to live in this moment. I mean, you go through and you listen and you watch Jesus and you see 
that he does that all the time. He just knows how to live right here with what's going on right now. He saw the value and the significance sometimes of the interruptions of what we want to do and where we want to be, but actually saying that here is where things are happening. Whether it's unexpected or in the ordinary, as I said, or the mundane, each moment he saw the Father at work. He says, my Father is always at work. To this very day, I too am working. And as Cherry's already quoted this morning, the Son only does what he sees the Father doing. Beautiful way to live. So what is the Father doing here and now? Let us learn to follow Jesus and live in the moment. On the big things, you know, like it, which may be sort of whole years worth or decades worth of season, but also on the minute by minute, what is God doing here? So I'm going to read this again from Ecclesiastes. Just let it sink in. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to build. Sorry, a time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So here's my conclusion, my, my challenge really, is, is to, to think in, ev- in every day, in the small moments, can we learn to say that this moment, whether it's 30 seconds or 5 minutes or an hour or even seconds, this is now the time for person A, person B, for, for Bob or for Fred or for Prudence or one of people other names. You know, a time for this person, right now. And then I'm going to move on for a time for another person, right? And this is now a time for a thing, a thing that we need to do. I'm going to give, my, give myself to that because I know God is here working in the now. And not always trying to say, oh, I wish I wasn't doing this washing up. I wish I was out playing football. Or I wish I was out just you know, sitting watching TV. But actually, this is what we're doing right here now. So I'm just going to live in this moment and see what God is doing here and now. And to live fully present to that. So we can almost recite this, now a time for washing up, and now a time for relaxing, and now a time for working really hard on that homework (coughs) that needs to be handed in, and now a time for going and having fun with my friends, or now a time to deal with this difficult person or this difficult situation, and now a time to go and eat some ice cream. Yeah, and in every one of those things, enjoy that moment, or live with God in that moment. And then I'm going to, we're going to take this, just two minutes to do this. I want you just to, just share with somebody here to finish with, um, because I did ask you to pray earlier, and hopefully the Holy Spirit, or at least you've got an idea of what season of life you're in. You don't have to go into huge amounts of details, but just for some of us, we may be in a season of pain, or struggle or hardship. And for others, we may be in a season of joy, or thankfulness, or ease, or just, yeah, life's good. 
And whatever season you're in, just share that with your neighbour. Just say, it's, it, life's good. But don't just say life's good because that, that kind of answer that we say, how you doing, Brian? Oh, yeah, fine. We all say that, don't we? But, you know, but if life is good, then celebrate it. But if life isn't fine, then just say, no, I'm struggling with pain or I'm struggling with, I don't know, I'm just feeling a bit emotional all the time at the moment, you know? Or I'm glad the sun's out or whatever. And can we share that in pairs and all the other person has to do is just pray for, um, help and strength if things are difficult and pray blessing and more if things are good. Is that alright? Can we do that to finish with? And then, then we can go and have some tea and coffee. So, you, you might want to mix up or move around or if you, you can do that. I mean, maybe this is something if you come as a married couple, you might think we've never thought about things like this before. So this is marriage counselling as well. You're laughing again. <laughs> and then we'll finish. So bless you. You can do your concluding prayers. Over to you.